This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my host show, Living Fearlessly, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined, yet rejoined, by another phenomenal guest, somebody who took my stats right through the roof, and I had to have him back. He's part of my C-suite family and one of my favorite guests. My guest today, once again, is Lou Diamond. So who is Lou Diamond? Lou is a coach, consultant, master connector, best-selling author, speaker, and motivator. Lou, who's been top producer at every firm he's ever worked, has led teams at Accenture, Deloitte, Omnicom, Merrill Lynch, and Bank of America to achieve record revenues year after year. He is the founder and CEO of Thrive, a leading consulting and coaching company focused on making the most incredible leaders and top performers even more amazing. Lou is a Cornell University graduate, passionate sports fan, avid golfer, loving husband, and extremely proud dad as well as member of my C-Suite family. So, Lou, welcome back to Living Fearlessly. How are you, my friend? I am spectacular, Lisa. We are back. I am excited for this on Friday. (laughs) I I was thinking about it. You know, I love Fridays. I've been listening to the show. You've had an amazing set of guests coming on, and just to be able to come back here is is awesome to – to live fearlessly and move through that fear into courage. So I am, I'm, I'm jacked. I've also had a lot of coffee, so we're going to be good. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of talking this morning. So ready to roll, Lise. Okay, let's rock and roll. So Lou, since the timing of my having had you initially on the program to you joining us here uh, back again, a lot of amazing things have taken place and transpired and uh, really navigated you on such a beautiful path and it's just everything that you've done you seem to execute just beautifully so since the book came out master the art of connecting let's take the audience through what's happened since the book went to bestsellers to now you're on c-suite tv c-suite tv is going to be all over the airports if it isn't already and the viewership and the listenership for that is absolutely huge so let's talk about some of the interviews. Let's talk about how this has kind of um, exploded your business. What's going on since I last had you on? It's been busy, uh, and I think that's exploding is a, is a great word for this. And, and regarding uh, the, the C-Suite Network has been great. Uh, I think what has been – it was actually kind of funny because that the episode on bestseller TV ran – on the C-Suite mm-hmm. TV network, and uh, that was a lot of fun with uh, Taryn Winterbrill. And they now are expanding the C-Suite television into airports and hotels and, and certain airlines. So uh, the funny part was is that the static image was a clip from my show, a picture of me. And, you know, sometimes I, I've, I am so warped into the way that certain advertising works. You know how there's all this customized advertising you get in social media you may have searched to look at a trip to go someplace, and then you get an ad from that very hotel that you might have looked at if you were going to travel to Toronto, New York, or whatever. I saw the ad come. I saw the ad come up from C-Suite TV. I saw my picture on it. I'm like, ah, oh, they just customized the image. I didn't actually think that I was actually the image that they're using for the whole thing, which which actually got me nervous. So uh, I'm like, I'm, I might have to call Jeffrey Hazel and say, what are you doing? Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so the C-Suite activity has been very busy. We are weeks away from uh, relaunching the website, which is oh so fun, on uh, from ThrivePartners.net. I have been very busy on the uh, the podcast and radio circuit, uh, obviously promoting the book and giving some good speeches to certain clients. Uh, I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements. I've also been doing some spe- spectacular work with some clients of mine and, and added some new ones as well, which I'm very excited for, for what the next half of the year is going to be. 
And um, and then there's some other news brewing, which which uh, we potentially uh, we could be doing similar things uh, like shows like this in the not too distant future. So stay tuned on that. I don't want to. Okay. Out of the bag, but just <laughs> but that but that's that is that is uh, all all in the works and all really exciting, and obviously I'm also going to be actually on California um, in a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to be in Sacramento on Good Morning Sacramento on Sunday morning, April 1st, and I'll be on Business Rockstars on April 5th. So that's enough plugging of Lou Diamond and Thrive. So that's what's that's well, what I've been no. up to. No, 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 no. This is all no. about plugging. This is yeah. this is your hour to shine, baby. <laughs> well, it's it's also it's a, it's also our hour to help people understand the benefit of what you and I do, yeah. and and we have that overlap. One of the things that I was so excited about the last time we spoke was a lot of the concepts, obviously, that are in the book and what I coach and, and I speak about helping people truly connect. And I, I'm a huge fan of your whole living fearlessly and the attitude. Uh, and I just wanted to give a kudos to you because since we last did our show, you've been doing some very brave and open, fearless actions out there as well, and uh, whether in Facebook Live or some of the shows that you've been doing. So uh, it's 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 great. So I hope, hopefully your listeners are in for a good treat today. Oh, well, thank you, Lou. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. And, uh, you know, for anybody, and I would be surprised for anybody who may have perhaps missed you, your first uh, guest appearance here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, but let's reiterate some of those key concepts and, and, and some of the synergies and, and why we're aligned in terms of living fearlessly and what that means to you and how you beautifully uh, embodied that in a chapter within your book. So can you just speak to the listening audience once again, um, and maybe you've got some new tidbits uh, since you talked about that in-depthly the first time that you came on radio maybe some new experiences, uh, maybe some of the success related to your book, maybe a new client uh, consultation has mm-hmm. extrapolated and offered you a little additional clarity since you first talked about that on radio. So let's talk about living fearlessly with you. Yep. So let's go through uh, the big concept in what Master the Art of Connecting is having a strong connecting core. And there are four key muscles in that core. And since as you've read, I've been in the world of consulting and in sales. You have to have an acronym. So I came up with the acronym SAFE, S-A-F-E. The S is your super why, which is living and breathing the purpose of why you're on this planet every single day. Authenticity is the A for having being open, honest, and coming from the heart. Uh, your favorite is the fearless mindset, which is moving yep. through that fear into courage, which I'll, I'll give a certain example of something of late that happens. And E is is one of my favorites, uh, which is the power of empathy. And that's truly sitting in the shoes of the target you're trying to connect with to really understand their perspective. And it embraces a lot of the power of listening and asking the right questions. So Lisa, the, yeah, the, the one thing that had happened very recently, actually earlier this week. Uh, I do a lot of coaching with uh, certain organizations, and I've worked within that. I'll work individually with some amazing leaders in certain companies. I had two instances of clients of mine facing their fears and trying to move through them. Uh, The first was in a fun workshop environment I did with one of my clients that's a large promotional marketing firm. And we worked with the entire, uh, we call them the rising rock stars because they really are. They're the future of this company. And a lot of the, the stuff that we do in our workshop is to really help people get out of their comfort zone so they can actually Im- strengthen those connecting core muscles and improve the way they connect to their clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have this whole exercise about moving through fear. And with every single workshop or group that I go through, it's different every time because we customize the needs of that group and understand what their specific fears were. And interestingly, uh, one of the women in the group is an amazing salesperson, has had unbelievable production last year, and is really fearful of getting out of the existing type of clients that she works with and going and meeting new ones. And that challenge of going out and whether it, it that cold call meeting uh, – to her is really challenging. It seems when she's in a comfortable group and she's already known the people, 
being able to ask or to sell ongoing work or continue to work with them is no problem. But what I'll call the stranger dynamic, that fear of I don't know this person and I don't know how to connect with them was a big challenge. And the most interesting piece about this learning that she had as we tried to put her in circumstances where she could practice how she can meet somebody new and connect with them came from what she learned from one of her colleagues. One of her colleagues loves talking to complete strangers and meeting people for the first time. And, in fact, she actually embraces cold calling, picking up the phone and talking to a complete stranger. Her general attitude is, I've got nothing to lose. This person doesn't know who I am. I don't have to worry about anything. And the woman who was having the trouble connecting with the unfamiliar uh, client or contact, Mel, to follow up on – some of the things that she's been doing to get out of her comfort zone. So it was great to see her move through that fear and to courage. The other, story, yeah, the other story, Lisa, is, is, a, is a much tougher one and probably one well, who was just recently let go. And they were let go from the organization, and they've been there for a very long time. They were really focused and lasered in in this very small niche that they did, and they knew the world of this particular company so specifically well, and the the layoff was a complete shock to them, which I always find interesting, by the way, because in this day and age – you know, nothing should surprise you. And, but it is still difficult. You know, you always think it's going to be the other person. And then yeah. when it ends up being you, you know, it, let's talk about it. It hurts. If you've worked yeah. at a company for a long time, you've dedicated every breathing hour of your workday to making your job successful, mm-hmm. to see what, you know, the energy that you put forward, the passion, it becomes such a part of you. And if you do your job really well, you have this incredible lens to, to zoom from above and zoom, zoom down into your world, know your clients, know the people you work with, know how to do things better. And, and she was a leader in this particular organization. And taking that all away from her felt like literally just ripping the carpet underneath her. And yes. she couldn't move, uh, couldn't get out of bed couldn't uh you know function for a few days and she's slowly been trying to figure out what next and one of the things um that i did when i met this person uh because a colleague of mine actually said you should go speak with uh with her i i sat down with her and you could see she's still startled by this fact i said to her the words that she never ever thought she would ever hear i said congratulations Wow. She, looks at, she goes, what do you mean? I go, your door of opportunity has just opened up and given you the greatest chance that you've had in your, long, in your entire life. You don't know how awesome this is right now. You've only been able to see this little world. You now have a chance to break down every barrier around you and explore so many different things that you have no idea how amazing you already are. I bring up Beautiful, this point. Lou. Thank you. Thank you. But that's not to thank me. The, what I want to reiterate here is that is the mindset that we need to achieve. That is the fearlessness that we want to get to, and that is still very hard to do, mm-hmm. to recognize that the change is the opportunity, not what is taken away from you, that it isn't every your whole world has been taken away because that's what it feels like, right? Everything about mm-hmm. you is – it's the moment there where you need to understand that there's so many opportunities out there. And sure, it's scary, uncertain, unfamiliar, but it is exactly what you need. It is, and, you, and we need that every day, believe it or not. If we get too laser focused in the stuff we do, if we narrow in too much on what we're doing, we're not truly grabbing on to all the things that life has to offer, exploring the new opportunities, stretching ourselves to the newest levels trying new things to help grow your existing business, whatever that might be. Getting out of that comfort zone is hard. Absolutely. It's scary. However, it is the most important thing. And whether she wants to recognize it or not, this is a spectacular opportunity. And I'm, I'm not only confident that she will be successful in whatever she does because she's a very impressive individual, but everybody does. And for those that – or listening that this has happened to you recently, my message to you is congratulations. Now, this is your moment. You've just been given a window of time to really figure out your super why, 
your authentic power, embracing that fearless mindset, and a chance to really figure out how to connect with others. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so what is the update with this woman right now, or is it still too relatively new to speculate? No, too relatively new to speculate. And, uh, and just like everybody else, you know, just continuing to figure out what the next step is. And, and sometimes, you know, look, it, it's a journey. We all go through yeah. the journey. You and I have been through those journeys. Uh, the, the unexplored is so unfamiliar. Um, I had this conversation with somebody who I used to work with uh, who still works in Wall Street. And we had a big conversation about, you know, the market has changed so much. The environment is there. And this individual, he's very happy actually doing what he's doing. He's a little older uh, than I am, and he's kind of nearing the – you know, I, he knows he has a certain number of years left of this, and he's starting to plan for what the next thing is. He's one of the more frequent readers of all of my blog stuff. He'll always like it and send me an email and a, and a follow-up. <laughs> you know, I always laugh. Like, you'll get those things. Like, you have no idea if anyone actually reads this stuff. But when they send you a personal message about it, how it connects, you always feel great, even if you've just reached that one person. Absolutely. And, and when I spoke with him about, you know, the unfamiliar change, he said to him, he, start, he made a great comment. He goes, Lou, I've been listening to you. I've been starting to stretch that box out. Even though I'm still doing that same thing, I'm basically getting to the point that, that I recognize those walls I could just push down like a little index card. They're not big walls that are cementing me in. And, uh, you know, that's, that's enough. everyone has their own approach in how you could step out of that box. So it just takes you a different mindset and that ability to know what's holding you back and find that little magical courage thing to understand what that fear is and then crush right through it. And uh, no, one, no one embodies that more than Lisa McDee, who does that, <laughs> who does that every day. Oh, you're too much. I appreciate that. But, uh, well, let me ask you this, Lou. So as an expert in the industry, as a, as a leader, a very authentic leader who truly does walk his talk, you know, when we continue to get laser sharp, but we also don't take for granted that at any time, you know, unforeseen circumstances could, you know, come up behind us, underneath us, and throw us off our game, where we do have to recalibrate, we do have to look at the congratulations opportunity for what that then represents. But in the terms, in terms of your um, in terms of what it is that you do, in terms of the, the impact that you make on people's lives and how you enrich people's lives and how you reach and connect people every single day, um, what is it about yourself, especially since we last spoke, that you have maybe – because, I mean, obviously to be all that and to do what you do, you have to be highly self-aware. You have to be very introspective, and you have to check yourself at the door every single day in terms of taking into account, you know, did I – am I where I want to be? Am I really walking my talk? You know, you have to ask yourself those key pivotal questions to stay on top of your game and to be relational with people that you're interfacing with. So since we last spoke, as a leader, somebody who does check themselves at the door, who does do personal inventory and professional inventory all the time, what have you recognized within yourself that perhaps you did believe you were once upon a time clear on, but maybe you're even more so clear on it now, or maybe you've, you've got a different perspective in terms of, oh, okay, you know, I am somebody who talks about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, but perhaps I wasn't exactly 100% accurate in that uh, presumption of self. So what what's transpired for you that's made you have some aha moments or go, oh, okay, no, I this isn't as honed as what I thought, or I wasn't where I thought I was at necessarily, or this experience or this encounter or this conversational piece or this example, this yeah. kind of maybe crystallized things a little bit more than, than the understanding I thought I was already operating with. No, that's it's a great question and actually something really timely. I find one of, one of the gifts of great leaders and great connectors is – the, is what I call the ability to gauge your speed. And what I mean by that is using those two examples, the, the, the woman who I coached in that workshop and the woman that I met who had recently lost her position, uh, each of them has their own pace that they're ready to change and they're ready to actually absorb what you're trying to connect them with. I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in this perspective. Look, I'm from the, the, the metropolitan New York area. 
we talk very quickly. <laughs> we we yeah. think we move quickly. I will tell you, I'll go to other cities. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I'm the guy when, like, everybody's walking. I'm speed walking past everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it drives me nuts. I actually love this. Um, one of the reasons um, our former mayor in New York City, Michael Bloomberg, had this great expression that – he hated people that rode the escalator. You know, like people who, like, when you get on the escalator and you just stand there, he's like, yeah. get out of my way. You know, if the escalator's moving, now just walk the stairs and get yourself there quicker. So, I mean, that's a, that's a mentality for, for New Yorkers. But, but I deal with people that are from all over the country or in some places internationally. And many times the message that I deliver has to has, – the speed has to change. And mm-hmm. also the – the cognizance of the person that's listening to the message and the pace that they're ready for, you have to adapt to. And that, that is that listening skill. So what I might feel is the right time to push somebody or the right, the right time to listen to somebody to help them get to that next step or to move through that courage mm-hmm. might, not be the spe- might not be the speed that they're ready for. So where, where, where I've been working on, on myself is to sometimes not be too – aggressive in helping to guide that person that way or maybe even slowly if I specifically if I've had too much caffeine and (laughs) and 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 if you do that what I'm trying to do is you're trying to gauge with the speed that that person is and that is it's a mirroring tactic that we we use in in sales and in leadership Mm -hmm. you've seen it in improv acting where people are imitating others that's exactly what you need to do and what I would so to your point is that's a, that's a scale that I'm constantly working on, and I am incredibly aware that I need to measure what the speed is of that person of what they're willing to do. Some people are even faster than I am, and I need to catch up to details of you know, hey, this is how we can help you. Here's what we do. Mm-hmm. Here's the different product we have to offer. And you could you know, like there's almost like that person's like, all right, go on with it already. I get what you do. Get to the next, you know, get to the point. <laughs> Uh, I, I will constantly check in and and ask questions in that process, even more so than I believe I used to, to make sure that I'm gauging up that speed. And I think that's because I've recognized that in doing more of this and communicating with people that are outside of the realm of the geography I work with, uh, I have to adapt to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not – it, and in many cases, I also think I might have to slow down, and then I have to hit the gas and speed it up a little. So that and part so, is – yeah, go ahead. And so with using me as an example here to illustrate for the listeners, <laughs> how, how would you mirror me? What's uh, the speed here? <laughs> remember, like, uh, in in the movie Spaceballs, they had, like, you know, ridiculously fast or insanely quick yeah. or whatever <laughs> Nobody could keep up with you. You go from zero to 150 miles an hour faster than anybody. So, no, I don't I, – I you know, I, I actually think you – but you do have the ability to listen well, and you do that very well to gauge what your audience is used to listening to. So, uh, But you, in a regular conversation with you, you can go much faster. Your brain operates way quicker than mine. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I think we're pretty on par, you know, and I, I putting the coffee aspect aside because we're both hopped up, jacked up here at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I do think that we have intrinsically some Red Bull aspects to our personality, and that comes yeah. through in speech. I think it comes through in our body language. I think it comes through in how we execute and navigate our lives. And, and there's lots of people who are in our world who that's very much incorporated into their DNA. And I think it's just it's just very – much, I think, a prerequisite to what one needs to have or to hone um, to effectively uh, execute. Would you yeah. not agree with that? Totally. And and it's really interesting because the you have an ability to adjust that speed um, much more easily with less people than with larger audiences. True. For example, for example, if you're doing one on one, you can you could speed up. I I, I always joke about this that. Um, my sisters and my wife together, I even throw my mother into the mix, all four of them are talking at the same time, all at the same speed, and they're all understanding each other. That's like in the, the very fast world. And and then think about um, – so, but, but one-on-one, you could adjust to those individually. And when I speak to a large group, maybe of – let's just say it's a, a, a small group of 15 to 20 people – you can adjust your speed accordingly. But if you get to much larger groups, 100 or several hundred or, or even larger than that, you have to come up with a pace that's almost uniform, that's 
that's going to be fast enough for some and slow enough for others. And and you could see that in some of the great representations of, uh, of great motivational speakers and how they're able to gauge that speed to get their message across and that impact. Uh, comedians do this spectacularly. Yes. Uh, the ones who are able to balance really slow and then hit it really quick as they get close to a punchline or a key message. So all of those things are it's an it is an art, uh, and and that speed of gauging is something that uh, I think you do very well. By the way, I actually noticed it in some of the broadcasts that you've done. Uh, you have different types of people on this side, and who who aren't just jacked up all the time on high caffeine and and fasting. <laughs> You're able to to gauge that in there, and great great interviewers are able to do that. That's that's it's a great art, and it's a great way to connect to people. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Um, one thing that I, I, and you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't ask it initially. It's something that I've been pondering and I thought, oh, this would be a great opportunity to, to reinsert into this interview with you is what are some of the dualities within your own personality, whether that be who you are alone, uh, as opposed to what people would see you in a social situation, a professional setting, what are some of the dualities that you consist of that are maybe not necessarily unique to or not unique to leaders, but maybe to the listening audience and this kind of not being per se their world of what they do or how they navigate or what their passions are. What what are some of those intrinsic qualities that you feel you possess that might actually shock some people who feel that they really truly know you? <laughs> I, I, I've got it, the answer. I, it's actually really funny. Uh, the reason I laughed like that is I open up a lot of workshops asking a set of questions so that a group of strangers learn something interesting about themselves. And it's much more effective when people have been working together. We, I just did this at that, that workshop I, I described not too long ago. I'll say, you know, please introduce yourself, what specifically, you know, uh, what you do. And then I'll put out a question. Tell us something that nobody knows about you. You know, and, 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 and some of those – I always love when someone shares something that – Somebody who thinks they know themselves really well comes up with something goes, you're kidding. So I've got two that I've shared, and obviously the more I've done this, uh, you know, the, the more people know about this. But when people first meet me for the first time, <laughs> the, the first one is I love country music. I, <laughs> and I know that sounds so silly. Let me, under, let me explain why that's silly. Okay, I grew up – I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Rockaway Beach, Queens. I literally grew up on rap albums and breakdancing on street corners and popping in, <laughs> popping in the mirror. I was the kid who did like a backspin in my mom's uh, living room, and I spun around and knocked over a, a vase and broke it. And, and, I, and I used to DJ when I was in college, and it was all like dance or club music, and I always liked pop music as well. But I don't know what the heck happened. <laughs> but I literally can – if you listen to Sirius XM uh, satellite radio – I'll put on the highway and be completely happy whatsoever. Maybe it's relaxing me. Maybe it's just different. Maybe there's something really good about the, the message of the, sto the song or the story. But anyone who knows me is like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, Lou Diamond likes country music. It's just, you know, this, this, this typical New Yorker is, is into country. I mean, come on. So that, that's, that's one thing, you know, just, and that's just a personal thing. Um, the other one is that, that I go from um, – I, I, and this happens a lot like when I write, and the way that I write uh, – we talked about the last time how I see people, and, and the book talks about it, that I have that visual way of looking at things. And when I'll, I'll write a blog or a write-up or an article, I will – I'll have to – I'll literally have to do something that's really tough for me, and that is just to focus on, on – a very narrow view. I'll, it's almost like I'm lasered in on that one particular piece when normally I'm very social and I like to pull all the different pieces together. And mm -hmm. I think it, it, it's just a way for me to, to focus. And then I'll pull away from it, and I'll, I'll, I'll need to have other people read it, edit it, look at it, make sure it makes any sense because sometimes <laughs> it's, it's completely out there. What's, what's different about that is that for somebody that is normally as socially outgoing and loves to communicate with lots of people and network and connect and connect with all of that, in those moments I need to be very isolated. So I, you know, I need almost mm – -hmm. I, I would say you know, it's almost like everybody has their meditation for the day. 
Um, I do a crossword puzzle just about every day because it turns my mind on. Um, it's, it's just a way to, to keep me focused on one particular thing. I think what I'm openly admitting on the airwaves here is that I am completely ADHD, and I, and I, figured, I figured out the way to, to, to cure it. So, so that's, that's, what, that's the way I would go with it, Lisa. Hopefully that's helpful. Now, do you do those crosswords before or after your first cup of morning coffee? Uh, uh, concurrently, do it, do it with, do it with the cup of coffee, and and you know I'll do the New York Times ones where, you know I could get to Thursday like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It gets harder as the week goes on. Yeah. Um, Friday I might have a shot at, but Saturday just I won't even pick it up. It's it's, it's too difficult. Yeah, no, it's just no, it's it's much harder. It's much more difficult. It's I, I love the if I met somebody that can complete the New York Times Saturday puzzle every week, I would. I'd feel completely inferior to that individual. <laughs> wow. If you can find that individual, let me know. I'd love to interview them. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure they're there. There's a whole world of them. So. Yeah, you never know. That person could be listening right now. We hope so. But um, the one thing, tell me if this has been your experience. I mean, because, again, you're a very highly intuitive person. You have to be to be able to read people, to interface with people, and certainly to help uh, people get unstuck and unblocked with uh, what's happening in their careers and in their personal lives. But does it come as any surprise to you? And let us know, Lou, if you happen to personally fall into this category. Do you consider yourself a bit of an ambivert? Wow. So as opposed to being as opposed to being uh, strictly introverted or extroverted, because, of course, there has to be the extroverted component for us to do what we do, although some people, some leaders have been very forthcoming and very authentic in saying, you know, surprisingly, that's not my comfort zone, but I believe so strongly in, in the message, and I really believe this is my gift, and I believe this is my purpose, that I feel like I have to force myself to get out of that every time because I know that I have something to bring to the rest of the world. So the message is there, the intent is there, but the comfort level is not necessarily. I'm not really typically somebody who likes to engage in large, large audiences of people. I am definitely not the ambivert. <laughs> no, I am 100% the person who literally thrives on being in front of as many people as possible. And, and it's actually – it is interesting because I have run into those. Uh, one of the more impressive speakers I've ever uh, run into, I'll share her name in a minute, I'm, I was always impressed, and I learned that she gets unbelievably petrified two minutes before she gets out there. And, right. uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have that. It's just that same fear of moving through it. Yet when she's up there, she is – She's inspiring. She's got her message, and she really, really hits an impactful, mm-hmm. an impactful point every single time. And she looks incredibly comfortable. And obviously, the more and more you do it, uh, but she probably describe herself a little more like that. Like that very, you know, it takes that extra push to get on there. Uh, it takes the push to get me off the stage. <laughs> to get me, to take, get him off. You know, and that's and that's just because you know, ever since I was a little kid, I actually remember this. Uh, it was my fifth grade elementary school class uh this is in new york city's public schools where i'm not kidding you we had like 43 kids in one class this is i mean that's the the way they used that's the way they used to do things back then and uh so much so that when they did one of the plays they actually had like you had four performances you know and they had two completely mirror casts so that there was enough kids to get enough roles within it so that 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 type of a role and so that was what i was that since i was like you know 10 years old i've always wanted to you know, to be uh, out in front of an audience and communicating um, or pretending I was in, in a mirror, pretending I was a sports broadcaster or something of that nature growing <laughs> up. So, no, definitely never on the introvert side. <laughs> However, I'm able to recognize those that have the trouble with that. And uh, there's a CEO who I work with who has a unique technology company, and he absolutely falls into that ambivert piece in the sense that you would you would actually think that he's normally an introvert, and he's able to flip the switch and know that when he has to be on and when he has to be off, and, and it's it's wonderful to watch. And you throw in the fact that he actually is originally from Singapore, so there is uh, a language barrier initially. Mm-hmm. So English is not his first language, and how impressive he's become in that in that space. He's getting better and better in the way that he speaks, the way he communicates, and the way he connects with people. And yet he'll be very happy the minute that the presentation is over to go back and start coding and developing a new set of software for his company. That's, you know, that, wow. that, type, that description fits him perfectly. 
Fantastic. And going back to what you just said when you were talking about the woman who you find very um, inspiring and she takes the stage, but she feels that that momentary lead up uh, trepidation. You said fear. Now, do you think that's really fear or do you think fear sometimes gets masked and confused with that moment of that split second nanosecond moment of really being alive? Oh, I like that. I, I think it's both. I think you. I think you just nailed it. I think that there's that. You know that. Look, there are people who are afraid to get out there, and 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 you know there's that fear of the the number one fear, and when people have that fear of public speaking, goes into something that we dug down as to almost the imposter syndrome, and that is that 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 feeling that I'm standing up here and someone's going to either ask a question or find out that I really don't know as much as I say I know or I'm going to be proven wrong, even though they know plenty of things. That's that, you know, the teacher calling on you and you not knowing the answer. Um, when you were a kid, you know, like being put on the spot and everyone's looking mm-hmm. at you and you feel like you have failed at that point. And that gets amplified if you have to now go speak in front of individuals because you like the feeling of being right was rewarded. Um, in a previous time, or it was looked at positively. It's a lesson, really, to our teachers, to from you know, which have, who have changed tremendously in the way they, they mm-hmm. work with students today, versus the, you know, um, I, 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 what is it, the Socratic method they use in law school? <laughs> you know, they just call on you right away. <laughs> you get a, you fail if you. I mean, like, that can't work well, and that can't be a good way to, to live. I'm sure they're trying to change that, um, and I don't have the knowledge and expertise in that, but that's something that should be looked at. Uh, mm-hmm. But getting back to uh, that point, I, uh, that, that fear of living – not the fear, the, that excitement of that, that thrill, you know, it, the, the feelings you have for fear are exactly the same on that excitement level. It's the same actual yeah. emotion that's going on. So it's really a pivot point there on how it takes you. And, and that's where, you know, some people live, to, live for that moment. Some people actually need – the negative, scary, fear thing to get through it. Uh, you've probably heard the story of many athletes that literally, you know, they'll, they'll vomit before they have to go out yeah. for a live important game. And, and there's been some incredible ones, like like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was one of those who mm-hmm. used to have to uh, vomit before a big moment in a game. And uh, these are these are important things that everyone has their own way to move through it. Everyone's individual this way. Uh, just as you know, we always encourage. You have to find what is your specific fear or excitement level, what that trigger is, and and go through it. No one can tell anyone that the way that Lisa prepares for a show, the way Lou prepares to be a guest or to speak in in front of an audience is going to be the solution for somebody else. They can just take the the best practices of those and see how it adds to their own individual, authentic way of doing things. Very true. Well, let me ask you this, Lou, and maybe this is, uh, you know, a bit of a dilemma that you have, um, that some of your clients have initially shared with you, you know, whether it's it's overcoming personal fear, whether it's knowing that there's this burning, yearning desire to do something, and the only person who's holding them back is themselves, and they then turn to you to help adjust and, and calibrate, recalibrate their mindset. So, you know, for the... There being there's always different populations of people. So for the people who, um, you know, have this unfortunate pattern or habit or trend that reoccurs throughout the course of their life, where they do fall into that category of, of regretting a lot of things and having had the experience, the life experience of knowing what it feels like to have regretted something because they didn't uh, step into it call it a self-confidence issue, call it people are going to laugh at me issue, you know, fear of rejection, fear of success, fear of failure, whatever you want to call it. So what is it for people who, who continuously still seem to operate in that sphere of more comfortably allowing year in and year out to pass them by and mm-hmm. still knowing that they're living with accumulated regrets versus the other people who still have perhaps that same uh, genetic disposition to what it is as a human being to feel that split second of fear before they take a stage or they open their mouth or they the camera's on them or they're taking a risk in a relationship or they're the first person to say I love you or get on a plane and you hate planes or the fear of flying <laughs> whatever the case you know whatever the case may be what do you think it is that separates or the block is between the people who habitually live within regret 
to the other people who it doesn't necessarily come easily either, but they're more fearful of going through life having regrets and blaming themselves for that. Mm. Great question. Uh, and, and it's also one of the biggest challenges. Uh, look, I've heard this so often that, you know, when people are having a certain issue, it could, it could be a it could be a, a CEO of a company, and the way that he manages and communicate his his style of communication almost can can be one of these things that that might need to be changed. It could be all of the things you just listed, you know, making a sales presentation, going out and getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, we you've heard the expression, you know, I can't get out of my own way, right? A lot of times people get in their own way with it. Now, what that really is is that's that's making the fear bigger than than you. Um, right. you're, I'm going to use a terrible analogy, but it's always the one that I think of. If you remember the movie Animal House, where the devil and the angel, the devil and the angel pop up on the little boy's shoulders, and we're not going to go into the specifics of that scene, even though we know this is on a <laughs> unedited, filtered conversation. But we have these little demons, if you would, that pop up and 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 can whisper in our ear. And if we let these, you know, we we just have to know that they're there. We we have to understand that. Put a name to it. And, and as my number one tip about helping to move through fear into courage is to be able to spin the fear on its head. You just talked about all those different situations of failure. You know, people have to embrace failure. We love failure. Mm-hmm. It, and I'm, I'm not going to be the only person to say this. There's too much of this going around. That is the number one fear that everybody has. There's, I think I've talked about this with, with you in the past. All fears roll up to two big fears. Um, was I loved and was I appreciated? That's what every every fear comes down into those two directions in our lives. So now translate that to the biggest one is 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 failure because failure is letting the loved ones and the appreciated ones down, right? Not yourself and whatever. That's what we're afraid of. Um, we just have to embrace that. That's going to happen a lot more often. We fail every day. Best the best athletes fail way more times than they succeed. The best yeah. producers, the best people, all fail. That's okay. Failure is part of the whole game. You just, once you accept that big piece and you know what that is and know that it holds you back, the, you know the the go for it. You have nothing to lose. And to your point, you know try to live without regrets. This is this is tough for some people, and it is a tough mindset to go through. However, Lisa, we only go around once. And it's too short. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you've, you've, you've shared stories recently of some, you know, some, some instances of friends and people that are going through much worse things that are out there. And I think sometimes putting those things in perspective actually helps people gauge their fear and understand, my God, what am I holding myself back for? What do I have to lose to try something new? Why am I letting this hold me back and change who I am? That's where you have to jump through. Uh, when I talk about fearless mindset, too often people say, well, that means living life with no fear. No, that isn't it. The fearless mindset is completely understanding what the fears are and knowing how to move through it. That's the, the difference. We all have them. We wouldn't be human if we didn't. Absolutely. And so a good segue for that then is, you know, what what would Lou, either previous, current, grapple with in terms of what would be identified for yourself as a perceivable fear and how have you navigated and worked through that? I, I go through it every day. You know, uh, anyone, any entrepreneur goes through it is, you know, we've, I've, we've all had those days and, and, uh, there's one of my clients that, uh, that I, that I deal with all the time. Who's, who runs a, uh, a mobile technology company and every week is a roller coaster. Um, we've just received funding in from the company, from a new investor and a certain client that we thought was going to say yes has pushed it off another two months to, to work with us. And then we win a new piece of business that's great, and then another one is, you know, falls off the other side. Like, you're like, how do you catch up? And all these things happen. It, it feels concurrently. And it, it is vital to understand these ups and downs are, are part of what goes through it. As an entrepreneur, um, I feel these fears Every day, just like anybody else, you, you run through them. You're hoping to win certain business. You're hoping to, to grow what you want to. You hope the visions and dreams that you're achieving are there. Look, all these things that we talk about, these exciting stuff, look, there's still things that are not going to go well on the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you have great guests on the show, it's like it's always easy to talk about the amazing moments and the great wins. No one ever yeah. sees. No one ever sees the, the three months of no clients coming in. 
you know, people people not buying your book, people not going out and uh, and engaging you to, for your business services. No one sees that. They only see the wins because that's what you market. That's what you highlight, and that's what you hope to have more of. It's just incredibly important to recognize that they happen every day and just accept them as they go and then just keep moving forward. That's the thing. It's like I, I hate using a quote from George Clooney, but, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it. You know, life life is moving. It, it, if you're not moving, you're not living. Absolutely. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that 100%. And for me, I think, you know, although my brand, everybody knows my brand is living fearlessly, whether it be my TV, my radio, my, my first adult nonfiction book, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I think the relationship that I, you know, I, I constantly look at my relationship with fear. You know, you can't have that particularly as your brand and what mm-hmm. you, you purport out there to the rest of the world and not really look at that every single day in terms of, okay, how am I authentic with that? How am I aligned with that? How do I need to navigate that to truly be walking my talk? And what I've done is I've just changed the word fear to the things that would perceivably once upon a time have been fear driven by me it's just a pain in the ass now like you know mm-hmm. i don't call it fear it's like this is a pain in the ass <laughs> we call that the PETA effect by the way that's exactly the, the pain in the ass i've i've been i've been called a PETA most of the time by a lot of people in my life <laughs> but the, yes it's 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 and you could substitute any anything for it i you know look either you can embrace it and say it's a fear if you're able to be strong enough to do that or you can come up with you know it's it's just a hurdle it's it's a headache it's a nuisance um, we have them all the time, uh, but if if you the, the great leaders are the ones who just really understand what they are, and right. and can and 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 succeed with them, uh, the best lessons are always learned from those. I've, I've had several, even just you know this week alone, uh, a conversation that that I thought was going well, and a guy came straight out to me and said, you know, this isn't connecting with me. Okay, let's move on. Let's get to you know I always say get to know faster because I don't want to yeah. dwell on the you know the the maybe. I want to get yeah. to the point where it said, okay, it's either going to happen or it's not. It's either a win or a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld always talks about the fact that stand-up comedy is the best place in the world because you know your results immediately. Either you yes. crushed it or you bombed. That's where we, we kind of want to be with everything. It's the in-between and the maybe that all those fears have time to creep in and do the things we don't like to do. Right. Absolutely. Well, former guest of mine, Kyle Cease, he's a, a comedian as well. Like he's just taken the international stage and he's kind of reconfigured a little bit of who he is in his brand. And now he's evolving out loud. So he uses his comedy shtick in relationship to also getting people to step into their greatness and, and to eradicate fear. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so he kind of said very similar sentiments to that. And yeah, as a, as a comedian or anybody who instantly takes the stage on something and you know we can use that uh literally or metaphorically it's you know once you step into something it's like you know it's a do or die moment you know and it's up to you how you kind of navigate that but it's you know there's always the lesson and the learning experience and the gift within all of that that if you're committed to it you will take those lessons you will take those gifts going forward and you just keep going and any athlete who spends years preparing for an Olympic Games, who does a lot of their training in isolation, uh, and it's rep- repetitive and it's monotonous, um, but there's there's method to the madness. And we notice that when they, you know, break the gold record or they, you know, they're standing on the podium and they're, they're you know. So it's, it's really, it's an attitude, it's mindset. And I think, too, I say pain in the ass as opposed to fear because I think sometimes words carry so much power the power mm-hmm. of a word or the the interpretation of a word can somewhat be immobilizing in itself. So yep. I get rid of the word fear in what that would normally represent, and I just say it's a pain in the ass. Let's work through the pain in the ass because we all have them. Yep. I, I just want to say, you know what I'm most excited about, Lisa? I think I what? quoted I quoted Jerry Seinfeld, George Clooney, and you quoted another comic in this call. I mean, where did <laughs> how, how did we get to that point? <laughs> Welcome to the Lou and Lisa Gong Show. Oh my goodness! Break it out! Break out the big, the, the big stick and hit the big bell. Um, Absolutely. No, well, but, listen, but, my dear. Yes. I, yes, I, I think we've all... we've done it. Did we do it? Did we go through a whole other hour? Oh, good. We're we still have more to go. Excellent. I know, I know. This is, this always happens, particularly when you and I are talking. And I really, again, felt that way when I first met you in New York uh, at the C-suite advisors meeting. 
And um, that's why I knew I had to have you on the show the first time. And, of course, we've had lots of behind-the-scenes conversation and, uh, you know, really being cheerleaders to each other in our own careers and stuff like that. And I really believe that your tribe and your friend for life and you're just a phenomenal human being, Lou. And I'm just so grateful on behalf of everybody who you've served, people I don't even know will never know. Uh, I just want to let you know that what you're doing is a beautiful thing. And what's even more beautiful is that you've come to know that this is exactly what you're intended to do. Um, No mistakes there. No coincidences there. So being cognizant of time, because here we are, four minutes, uh, probably less than that now, so I'm still <laughs> gabbing. Um, but where can people find you, Lou? Where can people get your book? Uh, if you want to just quickly let it be known what other upcoming engagements you have, whether it be on TV, radio, uh, wherever. Where can people connect with you? Perfect. I will tell people where they can connect. The most uh, all social media forms, it's at Thrive Lou D, uh, and that's on Facebook and and on Twitter, and you could find me obviously on LinkedIn, same at Thrive Ludi as well. The ThrivePartners.net website is uh, is up and running, and uh, we'll be having great new additions soon. And uh, you know, follow those lines, and you'll soon learn about the other things I alluded to earlier. And Master the Art of Connecting is available on Amazon.com, and all those uh, links that I said can bounce you there, not too many clicks away. Okay. And other things, uh, other things going on in the calendar. There's, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to be on, uh, I'm going to be on CBS uh, Good Morning Sacramento on April 2nd, and I will be on uh, Business Rockstars on April 5th in Los Angeles, which should be a lot of fun. And that's the most recent stuff going on. And obviously, uh, I think you and I are going to be out in uh, in Dallas, Texas. In uh, what is it? In late May, right? I'll be out there as well at the C-Suite Network event. Uh, I have no intention to going to Dallas. <laughs> oh well, I'll be there, so I'll be at that particular event. But there'll be other other headlines and stuff to come, and you can you find know, all I of know. that. I know. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for me. But that's not to say that there aren't no other works. things on the calendar that uh, <laughs> you and I will have a, an opportunity to connect with in person once again. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. But listen, my dear, it's been absolutely fantastic having you join us. I want to thank you for the gift of your time, especially with how ramped up and uh, out of control your schedule is these days. So good for you. Kudos. It all says that you're doing the right thing. You're walking the talk. You're on the right path. Couldn't be more grateful to know you, Uh, Lou. I think you're a phenomenal human being, and I think, again, you're imparting so much beautiful, yummy stuff out into the world, and particularly now in the times that we live in, the world is starving for that. So thank you. To the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for joining me here live this Friday. I go live every Friday on the Contact Talk Radio Network, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, podcasts always get uploaded. Thank you for being one of 150,000 podcast subscribers over on iTunes. Really can't thank you enough. I want to wish everybody a fantastic, safe weekend. Love and gratitude to all. Continue to live fearlessly, and we'll be back here again next Friday. Another fantastic guest, another super topic, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Take care and all my best. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.